I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. me to be like hey we have some friends and need something bad happened to the friends they're like here's stuff we need newer lightly used boys clothing newer lightly used but like yeah. they're gathering stuff and then it says we recognize that the gendered language in these descriptions may not be a match for how we always like to frame things oh my gosh. we are we are working to reflect the requests and needs of our loved ones oh my gosh what is that <laughs> i don't know <even> that's <laughs> that's where we're going really wow yeah, yeah that's i don't think people yeah, what happened? I work with that every day. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Well, you have like a you know, grown up stuff, you know. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of that feels very infantile to me because it feels like no one is allowed yeah. to, um, no one has, no one is allowed to, th- like, you, you can't ever be like the way you think is clearly reasonable. Yeah. That's the thing. Reason is like, mm, no. Yeah. Well, I think even in stand up, it's like, you know we're exploring these new horizons of censorship and stuff and you know audiences are just i walk out and every time i see a young crowd i'm like you know all right what am i gonna do you know what where am i you know half this shit i can't do you know it's like i have to kind of adapt to that every time and just feel like but then at the same time i'm like fuck it i'm going to convert them to like having a good time and having a fucking sense of humor and right. just whittle that stick out of their ass. And yeah. just, I feel like it's this constant thing that I'm like struggling with every time. Yeah. I, well, I, I actually feel like I'm so embroiled in like politically correctness and really thinking about stuff and gender and race and whatever within the public radio world. And then I go to a comedy club yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is totally a different world. Oh, yeah. Like what's happening here? In is the green room, everything. Everything. Yeah. And these things are a block away from each other oh, like yeah. lo- in logistics. Because my whole thing is like, I feel like if I make fun of a black guy and we do some kind of back and forth, that's way less racist than like just some sort of uptight, you know, way of being around black people. You know what I mean? Right. Like just if I bust on you for, you know, just, hey, did you see Black Panther? Of course you did. You know, like that kind of thing. Like to me, that's less racist. Than just like trying to. Well, it's po- it's positive and it's just like supposed to be an observation, right? No one's yeah. supposed to hear that and be like, "Ooh, you made an assumption based on." But <laughs> they could go down that route. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone. This is within the public radio world. Uh, she was saying that you know um, a squirrel got into her room and destroyed it. Oh and I was just joking around with her about like, how do you know it was a squirrel? And they were, and she was like, oh, things were ripped up. Da, 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 da. And it's, it sounded to me like she didn't know if it was a squirrel. <laughs> and at one point I wanted to say, oh, what, and you think it was a black squirrel? And I had to <laughs> not say that <laughs> because I, I would be attacked Well, they have black by squirrels the in Canada. I, 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 when I was there, I realized that that was something that's there. And I did the whole hacky joke about with this, the, the black squirrel holding you up and all that stuff. Right, you know? right. So I, I felt in that context, I was like, people should be able to take this joke and understand yeah. what I'm doing with it, but they won't. They'll just see me saying something that sounds mildly offensive and oh, then yeah. I'll get fired or something. Yeah. Uh, speaking of squirrels. Um, <laughs> speaking of squirrels. <laughs> I had a horrible thing. I've never told anybody this. And we were, uh, I have a, I have a crazy family. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm the only one without a record. Like it's just, it's a thing. And, you know, Leah is just this, you know, little, main precious thing and i'm always <laughs> like, trying to like keep her at bay 
from this just these animals <laughs> that, that that sort of raised me. And so I'm you know so there's this thing with my brothers and you know he my oldest brother he uh, he's got these kids and you know and he kind of holds them hostage like with my mother like she has to like if she's on good behavior she gets to see the grandkids and if she's not you know it's this whole thing and so they went um and they always borrowed my mother's condo and then this last time it's like there was this thing that happened where it's like my mom said don't bring your dogs because they mess up the condo it's in florida and then they of course brought the dogs and then not only did they bring the dogs they posted all these fucking pictures on facebook and i was just like and so I'm crazy. I like I I understand bringing the dogs, but did you have to like put it like on Facebook and right. make it a thing? No, public. You, di- you didn't have to do that. Right. And so I'd type in crazy like no respect and blah blah, blah on public you know Facebook or whatever. And so it becomes a thing, and you know, and then we don't talk to them for like I'm still not talking to them. But my mother didn't see the grand like six years, four years, about five years, and like it was, it's this whole thing, right? And so they get married. Like, and my mother doesn't go to the wedding. None of us go to the wedding. They were living together, and they had kids, but were living together, and they finally got married. Yeah. And they got married in the resort condo where my mother's condo was, but, you know, they got their own hotel and all this stuff. So it was still the same resort, but it wasn't, obviously, at my mom's place. So it was this whole thing. So, cut to the chase. Leah and I, (laughs) we spent a little vacation time with the mom, and we're hanging in this nice little condo, and then we just start, like smelling something and we're just like what is you know something just doesn't smell right and we're still having a good time we got our shorts on you know it's like having you know eating fish going down coming home and it's still and sure enough like right before we're about to go to sleep i pull a, oh. a pillow up and there's a dead roadkill squirrel just underneath the pillow and it's like my fucking brother or the wife or whatever put a dead squirrel in the bed to like, you know, some sort of like fuck you thing. And I'm just like mortified. Is your family like an organized crime? Like Kind of. What? And I was just like, and then Lee is there. <laughs> I'm just like. Someone took a yeah. rodent yes. from the street. Yeah. And it and was like. Put it in a bed. Was, yeah. And I think it was just like, you know, those topper pillows, the pillows that don't go under the sheet. So it's like it yeah, somehow sure. kind of got mummified. So it was just like still kind of freshy, and it was oh, it was disgusting. Oh my god! I'm sorry I brought that up, but you did, every time I hear squirrel, that's where my brain. Yeah, goes. well, how could it not go? <laughs> how could it not go there? I just go squirrel, and uh, and what's funny is even before that, squirrel was a running gag in my family because of the Christmas vacation. We put a little squirrel into the tree, so even there's some sort of comedy in it as well. So it's 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 just sick. But uh, hey, everybody, welcome to. <laughs> I'll leave you with this. Uh, I'm Dustin Chafin. Very excited. Uh, very special guest, uh, comedian friend of mine. That uh, it's funny. I've known of you for many years, and then the last few years, I get the pleasure to kind of get to know you a little more. So it's been kind of nice. And uh, yeah, how do we just walk in separate circles for so long? Yeah, it happens. It does in comedy. It's like one of these weird things. And uh, from NPR, uh, all kinds of comedy shows and TV stuff. I'm not the kind of guy that reads bios. So good, <laughs> Ophira good. Eisenberg, everybody. Yay! Woo-hoo! Good to see you. Thanks, Dustin. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. So yeah, squirrels. That's how, that's that's oh, the topic. Yeah. Uh, I actually a uh, <laughs> so a friend of mine was just telling me last night that his dog has a tiny little backyard in Brooklyn, and his mm-hmm. dog went out and was like shaking 
furiously got something. Like he didn't know what it was, uh, but was like shaking his mouth. Yeah. And he got a possum. Somehow he caught a possum oh. and uh, and then laid it down and, you know, like yeah. it was dead sure. and w- played with it a little bit. Yeah. It was dead and then was done with it and walked away. Wow. And my friend was like, oh, my God, what do I do? I have to go out to my little tiny spit of a backyard and deal with this dead animal. Yeah. And then the uh, possum uh, got up, shook itself up, and walked walked away. Hence, playing possum. Playing possum. <laughs> playing possum. It's real, people. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. You, the folklore is true. That's amazing. Those city ones are just as smart as the other ones. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. those things terrify me. Um, just, I mean, they just look like jacked up rats. You know, <laughs> they're disgusting. They're just, they got the teeth and the eyes, oh, and like you see no. them on the road, and the, the 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 lights shine in their eyes. They just look demonic. Like they're just crazy. Yeah, they're looking. chewing up crazy. They're, they're chewing sweet, up actually. Everything. They're not really mean or anything. they'll hiss at you like a cat. But they're much. sweet. Well, my mom, like, she's like... I think we've already uh, decided that your yeah. mom isn't really she's, the <laughs> place we should but go she's for. she's good for with animals, though. <laughs> okay. Just not, well, dead ones, not so much. But uh, <laughs> I remember, oh, she, I think one time she said she, um, um, for her wedding gift, some, this you're going to think I'm so redneck, they gave, uh, she got a, a pet raccoon. Uh, like a baby raccoon <laughs> for like her wedding gift. Because that's what you give, you know, people for their wedding <laughs> gifts you, back in the 60s, I guess. you give them like a garbage yeah. can for a cage? Or <laughs> and apparently it just was nice for a minute. Like you could yeah. kind of pet it and then just, oh, you yeah. started like going crazy, going up the ceiling and going around the, the you know, the, the curtains. And I mean, the baby ones are down. super cute. But those, those oh. nasty animals. Oh, they really we, are. Though in Canada, we, the raccoons are a huge problem. Oh, yeah. I yeah, saw yeah, a documentary yeah. on that, actually. And yeah. it's just like, I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah, you you hope it, for bears. Yeah. Because <laughs> the bears <laughs> call out the raccoons. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they eat them and stuff? I think they, I don't think, they, I don't know if they, they eat them. But a, I, there's I, no way they can catch a raccoon. But I think they scare them. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Raccoons are just badasses. Oh. And they can go underneath stuff. They have vertebrae thing where they can go flat. Like it's a You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can flatten out. They can like literally, a weird like shapeshifter. four inches they can go under it. Like it's crazy. But yeah, those things are nuts. Uh, it's funny. I was in San Antonio and uh, playing the improv and uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing some tourism stuff and yeah, playing yeah, yeah, the improv yeah. four nights headlining. Um, you know and headlining, by the way, yes. I, I actually Crushed talked it. them up yeah. from their initial yeah. offer and got more money than yeah. I heard the last guy did. Sold merch. A lot of merch. <laughs> people buy download cards. You know, uh, you know, you go to iTunes.com. You get my album. Uh, stop telling people that. Um, but uh, I w- it was amazing because I was uh, in a. Uh, like a little, you know, have you, have you been there or San Antonio? Uh, I've never been to okay. San Antonio. It's like, uh, well, the Alamo and all that stuff is in a river walk. And they've kind of created this little, it's it's cute, you know. It's like a little river thing, outdoor seating and molly and stuff. It's fun, you know. You just kind of walk around, whatever. And a lot of the restaurants are like, most of the time it's outdoor seating, but then there's kind of some indoor seating as well. Anyway, but um, I was sitting down having dinner by myself, and there was pigeons everywhere inside of a restaurant. And it was like the weirdest thing of the New York mentality. And I was just like, you know, it's like the pigeon literally like a foot away from me, like on a chair and stuff. I go, these are rats, rats. with wings yeah. where I where I live. Like, this is disgusting. You could get a violation if some, in New York. But they think they're cute. Yeah, if somebody walked into pizzeria and there's like a, just a, a pigeon on the counter. Oh, like, no, no, that's no. That's a thing. No, but you would turn around everywhere. They were just flying around and hanging out on the steps and eating chips. And you had to shoo them away. Like, it was, oh, it was the weirdest it's thing. It's like my one and only time in uh, Italy, in Venice, St. Okay. Mark's Square, which is where everyone hangs out. And it's just filled with pigeons. Mm-hmm. And then people feeding them. 
eating them. So it That's keeps, the problem. keeps the population. And the pigeons will land on you because this is what they do, thinking they'll get more food. So uh, people stand out and uh, they just get gross. covered in pigeons for photos. Uh, it is so the most. Dis- I mean, we. I was almost gagging. Like few things make me puke, but that was <laughs> just disgusting. Yeah, watching people covered in pigeons. And I like a good bird, you know, like a parrot or something. But I just. <laughs> I do like yeah. a good bird. <laughs> a finch, a cardinal. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little robin redbreast. Yeah, I'm okay. I like a little bird watching, you know. I, but I tell you, a pigeon is just not the bird for me. It's so gross. They're disgusting. And you see, and, and like you've pretty much given up when you're that guy feeding them, you know. It's like the lady. Although or you know, so, because I so I grew up in Canada, I thought Sesame Street was this mythical place. Uh, Now I see that it was all little seeds in my brain to get me to move to New York sooner or later. Yeah. Because I was obsessed with the bizarre world that Sesame Street portrayed. Adults living in apartments. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I didn't understand that. Green homeless Um, people, yeah. Right, right. This uh, trash cans. Right, but it all seemed like kind of fun. Everyone was together. Very diverse, too, which is nice. Very diverse. And then Bert, would had pigeons on the roof. Oh, he did, right? He was a he, pigeon guy. Yeah, he was like those were his friends. Yeah, and he had pigeons on the roof that he fed, and I was so, I I just didn't understand what was going on, wow. and now I understood. I now I understand they were setting. Was he like messenger pigeons? That kind of thing. Uh, I don't does. remember that. Someone please email or leave a review <laughs> on iTunes to were let they, us know about the pigeons. pigeons? Uh, but yeah. I think they were just setting up that Bert was like kind of an eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> maybe loner who uh it wasn't a loner he had ernie <laughs> he had ernie but let's let's be honest they I were feel always like, together i know but i yeah. feel like they didn't connect i thought they connected a little too much I don't that was know. the controversy I, that was the controversy I know, just they took they baths together. together that's connection i know yeah. but did they did they emotionally connect could bert really <laughs> lean on well, ernie ernie was a skinny one no bert was a skinny bert one. was a skinny okay yeah well he's the meaner one the pointy head one was a little meaner. Meaner. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember right. much of, because my mother smoked so much weed while I was watching like Sesame Street. Like she would always, we would set in a, in like in a Lazy Boy, yeah. and I'm really skinny, and she's kind of skinny, and we both would set in this orange velour Lazy Boy. Yeah. And she smoked pot like probably from like age zero to age thirteen. Just yeah. smoked pot all the time. That's all she did. We bought her a pipe for Mother's Day. Wow. Like we all just, yeah. it's a Geneva on it. And like she just had her little red pipe. And, and so most of my Sesame Street was like contact high. Like, <laughs> wow. So. From a very young age. <laughs> yeah. Just, do you smoke pot? I do not. No. I, I used to. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of cleaned up and I everyone just, used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think everyone used to. Yeah. Do you, you don't smoke it now? Just, no. I, and I used yeah. to smoke every day. Did you? I mean, yeah. in, when I, I lived that. in Vancouver, BC, it was just. Yeah, what you did. That's yeah. That's like drinking a diet coke out there. Like, <laughs> it is. You know I mean? uh, and the strains are different. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what the strains are now. Yeah. Actually, and I've been told by many people because it's such a regulated thing now that they're like, oh, it's so much better now because you know if you uh, know anyone that has a medicinal card or is getting it or or if you want to do it, you know, th- through uh, your vape pipe, it's going to be exactly measured. And it's going to be exactly controlled, and you're going to yeah. get what you want. And I got to say. I have to say that whole thing, that does not appeal to me. You know what appealed to me about doing drugs? 
not control. Zero yeah, control. Sure. I didn't know what I was getting. Oh, I didn't yeah. know how long it was going to last. It was the adventure. I like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I want. You I don't die. I don't, yeah, it was great. I, I don't want to take an <laughs> Advil version. Like, yeah, I really do not want that. That, to me, sounds like, oh, I'm just medicating. Yeah, when Marlboro <laughs> comes out with cigarette, uh, cigarette, you know, marijuana cigarettes, like, yeah, that's, that's just not a good thing. Yeah, it just feels yeah. to me, but maybe that is... Maybe that's like, you know what's wrong with the world these days? Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, some of those guys have a point. But uh, yeah, I, I went to, I was in Toronto and um, it's, headlining it's Yuck Yucks. Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. And, uh, but I'm from the South and I can pronounce Toronto. it any way I want. Any way I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> we do whatever the fuck we want there. All right. <laughs> I mean, none of it works, Toronto, but Toronto, we keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, I know. Toronto, Toronto. Go Beto. All right. Um, yeah, I... Uh, uh, Toronto. Is that Toronto. What we're, we're yeah, Toronto. that's another with the Toronto. Roller. Toronto. But uh, there was a... Headlining Yuck Yucks. Yeah, headlining Yuck Sold Yucks. Uh, three. <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Edmonton, Toronto, and Calgary, your hometown. Nice, nice. So, anyway. And uh, I did a side room because, you know, I care about the community. And um, I uh, wanted to give them a little bit without the... Uh, sure, yuck, yuck sure. prices, you know. Sure, without <laughs> the admission, yeah. A little destined for everyone, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not I care. just I care. for the elite. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was a vapor bar and comedy club. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with it, but uh, it was... I uh, don't know that, but I mean, that's definitely It was really cool, and it was just... Uh, you couldn't light up, but you could vapor. Yeah. Vape or whatever. And yeah. this is not, not the pens, really. This was like when they, those contraption devices with the... You ever seen them? Sure. With the, like, it's look like this I've whole, been in a basement or two. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a motorized thing. Or, you know, it's yeah, just, right, it's, exactly. I don't know what's happening there. You store it near your tools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, so you're on stage, and of course I'm getting contact as well, but I'm fine with contact high. I really feel, I mean, I got as a child that can't kill me. So, um, but uh, it was a nice environment to be on stage, mm. and everybody's high, yeah. and nobody's drunk. Right. Nobody's aggressive. Nobody's trying to like up you up one on you and interrupt you, which drinking does to people. Totally. You know, and uh, sometimes gives they just, them a voice. Sometimes the giggling doesn't stop. And right. you, you got to just wait and like, OK, I got to do this next joke. <laughs> but it was a really nice, uh, nice environment. I really enjoyed it. Interesting, because yeah. I have had and I'm sure I mean, like, I can't canvas my crowd. I'm sure people are high all the time at comedy. I'd get high if I was going oh, yeah. out to see comedy. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like it's a pretty high thing. Sure. But, you know, there's some places where it's more <clears throat> obvious. You were you were yeah. in the most obvious place. Yeah. I remember doing a show. This is a few years ago. Uh, and I was painfully sober because I think at that point I was pregnant and not even telling anybody. So I was like <laughs> sober and alone. <laughs> yeah, 10 years right here, June. Yeah, <laughs> I know what that feels like. Sober alone. <laughs> uh, and it was so funny too because I was pregnant uh, yet a lot of people were like, oh, can I get you a drink? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, sober? And I was like, <laughs> oh, did I have a drinking problem? <laughs> Jerks. Um, <laughs> a little bit. We all did. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> But I played a super high audience, and I didn't love it oh. because I feel like they they were just they were giggly, but just whatever. I got like you. so, they were giggly I'm at a premise. Sure. They were giggly here, so it didn't have like I had to find their rhythm. Not to say that yeah. you all you always are sort of finding their rhythm. You're in a dialogue with the audience, but it was less. I had less of a feeling of like I'm going to tell you when to do things. I got I you. had to. I had to yeah. relax on that. That's interesting that that would make you a little uncomfortable because I, 
I struggle with aggressive issues on stage. Like, I mean, it's last night I had a situation. Like, it doesn't matter. What, I mean, what was the situation last night? <sighs> um, you know, you ever set yourself up for somebody to kind of chime in and fuck your joke up? <laughs> totally. I do that. I do a stupid thing. I don't know why I fucking still do it. I tell myself not to fucking do it, but it becomes this corny little thing I do, and it it nine times out of ten, it's great. It works, but then there's that other one that, that sometimes I'll do it, and it'll fuck it up. I'll do this thing like, what do you want to talk about? You know, midgets or religion or, or weed or whatever. And so I'll do, I'll say what, I'll ask them and then they'll say, the midgets. And then I'll start doing whatever. And then maybe the midget stuff doesn't go well. Yeah. And they'll be like, maybe you should have chose religion. Right. And then, so they set me up. And right. then I'm just like, fuck you. And then like, but it's all my fault for giving them that much information. Sure. To let them, but it's, it, I try to make it kind of an interaction so it's funny. Yeah. So they can kind of, we're playing together, but then it's like you give it the hands of the wrong person. Then, you know. They'll like try to mess you up with it, and they're not trying to be mean. They're just, you know, this yeah. Is with the, great power comes great responsibility. Exactly, and, and people s- can't handle it. Yeah, you can't give the crowd too much to to. No, they'll, they'll do that to you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, and they get off on it. And then I pull this whole thing. If it's a white guy, I'm like, yeah, that's how white guys are. We just, you know, there's there's no camaraderie between us. We just want to see each other fail. And they're like, what? And they're like, that's <laughs> 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 nothing to do with anything. They're like, what? No. <laughs> like, what? No, dude. You're, you're talking just, about white women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been about this race, <laughs> you know. It's like there's no need for me to go down that road, but I'm just a psycho. So it's like, but it's men. There's, a, I, I don't know. Sometimes you're kind of calmly hat and a thing. There's a, there's a little bit of aggressiveness that happens amongst men with me sometimes. Yeah, it's just like, you know. I mean, it's just a thing that like peacock to peacock kind of thing where you know yeah i feel like i never get a crowd i i don't deal with a lot of aggressive crowds i like it though i in my in my later years i like it you're sassy i I like it it. when someone does something that i'm like oh yeah you want to go because i've been (laughs) wanting to go for years It's all pent up. You're like, yeah, come on, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been taking boxing lessons already. This ends tonight. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> That's great. But I feel like when things don't go well for me, I <laughs> I see more people in the audience feeling sorry for me. Uh, That's I hate what, that. Yeah, I hate yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I got this. Stop it. I know. Yeah. Or when you yeah. start telling, and once you get on that road for me, then my jokes sound a different way to them. And they feel, they're always like, aww. Like, yeah. I'll tell a joke that is, you know, whatever, has a dark angle. Sure. And then all of a sudden they're rooting for the, f- the fake person in the joke and not me. <laughs> like, aww, don't say that about them. Like, I'm the protagonist, you assholes. <laughs> people are dumb. All right. Uh, people are dumb. <laughs> Can you get smarter, people? Actually, not too smart. I can't have you smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, it's a balance. It's funny where it's just like, yeah, I wish we could do like little pop quiz before they come in you know (laughs) 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 and it's just like okay here you go just take it you know we'll see if you're going to be able to come into the show or not you know but actually (laughs) uh, that's why so i like i like an audience with exactly one drink in them if i could have everyone walk in with one One drink drink in them or beer and but maybe it's one 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 uh, you know one one hit two hits yeah. Two hits off the vape pen. Yeah. Pipe. Puff, 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 laugh. That's the comedy club <laughs> I'm opening soon. <laughs> and that shit's legal puff, in New York. <laughs> Forget it, dude. I'm all over it. <laughs> Lower so, East Side. You know, I, I just like that uh, <laughs> that little, like, sort of happy. 
Yeah, I mean, relax. It's a weird balance, you know. It's like it's funny because it's like I was on the road um, with Kevin Downey Jr. We we're talking. He's a crazy person, but he is really good, a comic, and he really he's very good with the crowd too. He is. He's really funny, and he's I love it because he's like he's a. It's like, you know, there's so many comics who are trying to rip you off. And I mean that in a very, 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 very positive way where you're a great storyteller. and But you're good at it. And some people not so good at it. And, and so I'm not good at it. I'm a joke slinger. And I'm okay with that. You know, I come from that. I'm a Dave Attell guy. Like, I, that's just, that's just what I am. And I'm okay. I poke you in the eye and I give you a good setup punch joke. Right. I, that, that's just my whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and... And Kevin is one of those guys that, like, you know, he's still kind of got this charactery thing going. It's an emo Phillips. Yes. It's a theatrical. It's silly. And, you know, I love it. And he's crazy. His politics are horrible. But he's a great person. And his comedy's great. And it's funny because he was, I was talking to him, but I did a show with him. And, and it was just like, you know, it's always about that one guy with his arms crossed. Or the one guy. Of course. The one guy that's just like. Miserable. Miserable. The miserable. blank face. Yeah. And you're just like, what do you do? You know, what? And he, you know, he's just like, and then he re- he broke it down for me, and I've never looked at it this way before. And it was just like, you don't know what they're going through. Don't know what you're they're going you through. You don't know what happened at nine o'clock this morning. You don't know what phone call they got. You don't know if they just lost their job or their boyfriend or girlfriend. You don't know anything. And it's like to put yourself in that situation is is very like i don't know it was i think g- about this a lot and it yeah. also my so my ego or lack thereof doesn't want to think this way because it's actually it's so empowering to yourself to be like yeah. i don't understand where anyone's coming from if you don't like me it's not my fault i yeah. should just do you know that i have to do such a reworking of mm-hmm. like <laughs> decades yeah. and decades of thought because usually you're just like hey here's this thing and look to the audience happy response you still like me and then you keep going <laughs> right or, yeah, or yeah. you stop your shot so to start going like you know i don't need to please you because i don't know who the hell you are it's a very different way of thinking about the whole oh. thing oh, yeah. but recently i went to a show it was uh this guy derek delgadio he does a magic storytelling show Ooh, it's very fun. interesting like illusion crazy stuff and uh and it's interactive he's very much in the crowd and he's looking at you um and i was in a bad mood mm. And I sat, and I really enjoyed the show, but I was that person. I found myself, all of a sudden, I was like, I would hate to play to me tonight because I am just in my own world with my own stuff. And the show actually made me feel better by the end of it. I was like, I really enjoyed them. This was great. I'm so happy. But I was the sucky, bitch face, resting bitch face audience member that was not going to give an inch. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Even though I totally enjoyed myself. Well, that's great because you. And a lot of times they do. A lot of times that asshole will come up and be like, "I really enjoyed you." What? Oh, the greatest. Yeah. What, the what greatest. are you talking I mean, about? I wish it happened more often, yeah. just to really take it out of you. Mark Marin, somewhere along the line, and something talks about uh, how someone was, you know, crossed arms, just devil eyes at him the whole time, and he gets starts getting the, this thing about like not only do they hate me, but they hate Jews and this whole anti-Semitism, uh, right? Just like this. that's part of my problem. I watched him way too much early as a comic. <laughs> it's like because. Yeah. He's very reactionary, yeah. and it's like I—I I think I got off a little bit of that. Like, sure, yeah. I mean, I—I I like, feel like it's a, if you are. <laughs> so, anyways, the end of that yeah. story is uh, he, you know, creates this whole story about this guy is going to basically hate him and kill him and perform yeah, yeah, a hate yeah, yeah. crime on him. Yeah, and the guy comes up to him after the show, charges up to him with the same face of anger, yeah. and goes, uh, "Loved it." <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and he's just like, yeah. well, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing to myself? So but good. I actually, and so then there's the other side of it where if you are the person that looks out into a crowd and is just 
like I, I know those people too. I'm jealous of them, but I don't yeah. want to be them. Where you are constantly just ignoring it, all of the cues mm-hmm. that are out there and going, I'm amazing. Everyone yeah. loves me. Yeah. I, n- I don't hear the fact that there's no laughs or that there's a weird reaction because yeah. I'm so into the fact that I'm amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I had a spoonful of that. Yeah, I don't think the audience realizes how much more confidence they have than us most of the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you need to pass that up here, okay? Because you're just you're right. wasting it there, sitting there with your two drinks and your things. We be, need it. That would be some we great pre-show announcements. Yeah. Hey, please turn off your cell phones. It's a true drink minimum. By the way, you guys have a lot more confidence. You've got your shit together. Just sitting where you are, you're yeah. already way above these yeah. poor suckers that exactly. are about to take the stage. Yeah, you can afford your bill. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. You can afford your drink. <laughs> you have a night off? Good for you. Yeah. yeah. I've never had that. Yeah. We're up here dancing for you. My uh, one of my favorite audience to comic responses and um, Bill Hicks. He says you know, you've probably heard that thing where he's in the parking lot and the guy says, I don't like what you said about Jesus. I'm a Christian. And he said, well, then forgive me. You know? <laughs> That's the greatest of yeah. all time lines <laughs> of just like putting him back, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was saying uh, that, right, you were just in San Antonio and I was in uh, years ago in Addison. But this happens all over the place. Um, that, And I just always forget it. I just forget everything. So I get on stage. I kind of forget that I'm a woman. I kind of forget that uh, I'm Canadian. I mean, I say all these things. I kind of <laughs> forget that I'm Jewish. But then afterwards, you know, these are the things people hang on to. Uh, yes. And I barely, I mean, I meant now I've actually got a few more jokes about being Jewish because I was like, ah, I got to exploit this. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, at that time I had one yeah. joke at the beginning just about my name. Yeah. And I, after the show in Addison, I just remember all these people came up to me and they were just like, you were like, I love Jewish comedy. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, I have a friend who's Jewish. And you were like, I was like, what what is Jewish? First of all, what, what is Jewish comedy? Amazing. That's just an amazing phrase. Jewish comedy. Well, I want to interrupt for a second. Um, Grew up in Texas, yeah. whole life, near that area, yeah. uh, a couple years, and uh, never met a Jew in my entire life until I, I came to New York City. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, yeah, you're exotic, and it's, they all they know is from the TV, and, and a little bit of Jesus talk, and that's <laughs> all they know about the Jews. <laughs> and so, it's like, you just don't know. Yeah. I had one black guy in my high school, like, I mean, it just is what it is, you know? Yeah. I well, you got it. You got it. Like at least they're trying to be positive. I mean, right you know, now, I mean yeah. that this was years ago. Now, I uh, yeah. I wonder. I'm. I wonder if it's better or worse. You know what's worse is when you like. Uh, let's say I'll do something edgy where I'm maybe you know saying something about you know the Jews or being in the Klan or something. Obviously, as a punchline, and then somebody come and be like, "Oh yeah, you want to see my tattoo?" You know, I'm like, "Hey, I'm just kidding." You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, a few of us uh, have a meeting yeah, scheduled. Yeah, if you want to come, uh, uh, we got a cross waiting to burn. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come out, like, no, 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 I'm being <laughs> stupid and silly. Like that's the joke. I have a pizza waiting for me in a Motel Six, and that is my evening. Motel Six, you got the good gigs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me think. What was what was the um, Right, we all know the different hotels. Red Roof Inn. That's how I knew. That's that why I they, just stayed at. Yeah, yeah that, that, Red that, Roof Inn. That could be solid. That that could be okay. That's L- not bad. La Quinta. La Quinta. La Quinta. Yeah, it's not. I mean, medium. That's a yeah, medium one. Depends medium. where you are. Yeah, I mean, the Red Roof didn't have a breakfast, which I always feel is just—it's just disrespectful. Although yeah. those hairspray waffles machines always I, freak me out. I love those things. Okay. That's the only thing I like because it's. <laughs> 
kind of feels like real food, but those eggs, what what is in those eggs? No, no, those no. scrambled things? No, I don't no, know what that's, that is. That's like styrofoam with soy those products. sausages will kill you. Those little <laughs> tiny sausages, which I ate up like crazy <laughs> as a child. Just, <laughs> just chipping in my mouth. And now it's like one, I'm like down for the day. I just can't. <laughs> Canceling this late show, uh, second show. I Yeah, it's too much. But... Um, yeah, it's a it's a funny life. Um, <laughs> this this so thing we do, you know, it's weird. Like, because you're you know talking, we're talking about the audiences, but it's like, I mean, uh, half the time we're entertaining drunks, yep. you know, trying to corral a group of people. I was saying earlier that Groupon has kind of ruined comedy. Like, I now that's a thing for me, where I know because you know I run a club, so I know that. 80% of you just got in on a fucking coupon. You're not going to be fun. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Although, but they're still paying something, right? Barely. That's the problem. Yeah. And then it's, just, then, it comes, then it's a thing at the end. But like, I thought I got 15 drinks, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the deal. So the deal was you come for free and we now, give you 15 drinks. I come from this, like, old school, like, uh, you know, my parents, like, you know, they're kind of rock and roll, and I live, like, the Start Club was this big club uh, that uh, Stevie Nicks and Grace Jones owned in Dallas, and my parents just went out and dressed up and spent money, and my brothers are like that, and there's a lot of cocaine, and there's a lot of fun, and a lot of expensive cars and things, and it's like, when you go out, you go out. Right. You know, you throw down some money. Put it together. Yeah, when the when the bill comes, you, you tip heavy, and you focus, and yep. you, you just don't penny pinch when you go out, and to yeah. me... I don't know. Maybe I you know, I just feel like that's how audiences should be, you know. Although, I mean, are, are they tourists or are they locals? Of course they're tourists. Yeah. Of course. You know. But I do think like New York, okay, I'm just giving a counter. Yeah. New York is like so intimidating and out of control for anyone that visits here. I can see them going like, well, it's, you know, like, let's get every deal we can. And so they might come here with a... Yeah. Okay. Attitude. No. Maybe. Or you get. I mean, a, or you I get mean, a Canadian that tips with coins. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> we don't take your money. Stop it. <laughs> I know. It's the worst. It's the worst. I'm so sorry. Put those away. It's because um, the reverse can happen, and it's fine, right? At a Canadian yeah. comedy club, if someone lays down like a few American dollar bills, you're like, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's all right. Did yeah. you? Um. So you started comedy in Canada? I or did. Here? Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. How was that totally. journey, and how did it happen? Like, what was the you know the bridge that made it happen? The bridge, or like the leap, or whatever. Yeah. No bridging. No <laughs> leaping. Just all stupid type baby steps after stupid wobbly yeah. baby steps. You know what? I it's so funny because I am someone that, uh, even though I've taught classes. And I've been part of classes. I I don't like the way the class structure runs for comedy classes in New York because yeah. often they are just feeding into an amateur. Like I don't want them to exploit people yes. who want to do stand up. Yes. And you know you can still argue. I used to argue there is no way you can teach this. Mm. You either have it or don't. But I'm someone who took a class. Mm. I was in Vancouver. And it was like a workshop. It was so stupid because I was in Vancouver. I had finished my cultural anthropology degree <coughs> from McGill. <coughs> Only the yeah. best. Oh, I know. I got a girlfriend from there. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every Only other the day. The Harvard of Canada. Okay, we get it. <laughs> like, until, make my eggs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Harvard of Canada until you come to, uh, until you, right. And then I found out Harvard never refers to itself as the McGill of the United States. And you're like, oh, yeah, the only people that say the Harvard of Canada are people from McGill. So, <laughs> very small group of patting themselves on the back. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Uh, but then I moved to Vancouver to I don't I didn't know what the hell I was gonna do. 
I was yeah. like, maybe I'm, am I doing a master's? Like, I'm not actually a good academic. My sister's an academic, so I guess I just thought that was a thing. Uh, what did you major again? I'm sorry, I kind of missed it. Cultural it? anthropology. Okay. I mean, right. not, not a lot of clear yeah, pathways. That's, yeah, that's a long card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I really did want to perform. I just didn't know how to even bother getting yeah. into it. So I volunteered at the, vo- at the Vancouver Comedy Festival as an usher. Uh, turns out all the other ushers volunteering there were like amateur stand-ups. Okay. There was a very small scene. This is the Vancouver Comedy Festival? Yeah. Okay. There was a very, very small scene at the time centered around one club, although there was Yuck Yucks, but the people I met were uh, centered around this um, independent club that is okay. now gone called Punchlines. Oh, that's sad when they leave. I know! That's so sad. It Oop. was even like, it had a resurrection when a comic bought it, but they just didn't didn't make it. Okay. For whatever reason. I'll never know why. And uh, they were like, you should. I was like, I want to try stand-up. I couldn't even believe I was saying it out of my mouth. And they were like, you should come to this workshop. There was a guy actually from Texas. Uh, His thing was called the Comedy Gym. I heard of it. Sam. I can't remember his last name right now. Sorry, Sam. No. What's that? (laughs) Kinnison. Yeah, Sam (laughs) Kinnison taught me how to do (laughs) stand-up. Nice. Uh, but yeah, this guy, so he was coming up and doing a weekend workshop. I think it was okay. $300. I did not, I had that money in the bank, but that was all the money I had. Oh, wow. I think I had $305 nice. and I thought I really want to do this, but I don't have the money. So my idea was go to the workshop and I just assumed they were going to ask for the money at the end because mm. that's how classes work. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought I'd skip, like I would just go for the beginning portion and then at lunch Hilarious. I would just not come back. Oh, wow. You're shady. So I could not have to pay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, that was my whole idea. Big plans. All worked out. What a heist. Skipping out. Nice. <laughs> and on the then bill. I, I got there and they were like, uh, $300, please. Oh. And I was like, oh, I thought I could pay later. And they're like, no. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And I left and I went to a bank machine and took out $300. Hey, wow. <laughs> and then came back and then I was in the weekend workshop, which wasn't, it wasn't a much of learning about anything because a lot of these other people, um, like not about joke structure or anything per se, a lot of these other people kind of had a bit of an act together. Sure. So it was more about practicing and honing. So they were, it was just like, get on stage and do your five minutes. Who was a Canadian comedian that, like maybe you saw or inspired by any at all? Was there any you know, I didn't big? really watch much stand up oh, okay. growing up. Um, my there was there was comedy records around the house, but it was okay. basically because of my uh, older brothers and sisters. Okay. So we had a Richard Pryor album, we had a Bill Co- we had a bunch of Bill Cosby. Uh, we had National Lampoon. I used to love the National Lampoon records. Me too. I was Hilarious. like crazy yeah. about those. So funny. Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, cana- there was sketch on SCTV. Canada. SCTV oh, I really liked. So funny. Um, there was so fun. funnier than SNL, I think. A lot of it. It was. actually, as yeah. a little kid, I didn't really get it. It was a little, I couldn't, I, yeah. like, I didn't hook into it. Sure. And I really appreciated it more you watch and more. It now? Yeah. It, yeah, it was great. Um, and uh, the Carol Burnett show, like, that was something that I watched oh, yeah. and liked. So funny. Uh, but, you know, there was, I didn't see a lot of women. And so it did feel a little further away from me. And it's not like, I think a lot of young boys, uh, would sit around and listen to comedy records. Okay. I didn't do that with my girlfriends. Gotcha. We, like, as, you know, 
10, yeah. 12, 13-year-old girls, we didn't hang around and listen to comedy records. Yeah, that's not really a thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the mall, you talk about Tommy. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like totally <laughs> about going to the mall yeah. and right yeah. makeup. And I mean, yeah. it was just like yeah. all of that crap. Um, but so I didn't, but my family is very funny and it's all into, it's not about love, it's about jokes, kind of. Do you remember your first joke when you tried to do your little set? Your my my set for the class. Or, yeah, your first kind of attempt at stand up. Like um, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I remember some of it. It was pretty bad. I actually just told dumb things from my family that have been recycled, like things that we tell each other literally around the dinner table to so you, uh, entertain yeah. each wow. other. Okay. Uh, and but the only thing I had going for me is the uh, as as the teacher told me was he was like you're super likable. Yes. So he was like. Try to go with that because yeah. I think it was trying to say. I hate that because you don't have any materials. Yeah, well, I hate that about you. You are it's it drives me insane. It's just like you could you're just out there. Hey, look at me, I'm a fear. Everybody likes me. <laughs> it's, it's true. You're if so you would like likable. a list of the people who really do not like me, I have I have a real good yeah, one going. I don't believe that list. I don't think, I, <laughs> it's I, I true. It's false. It's true. Now, but but I did yeah. I did dumb jokes about my name. Okay. Yeah, uh, about like being, uh, they were terrible too. It was like, yeah. I'm a heeb. Or someone was like, are you a heeb? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Hebland. Like, I don't know what I was talking about. Um, I, I told a joke about being, oh yeah, I do remember one of my first jokes. At this is, this is so terrible. My brother still remembers it for some reason, which I was like, wow, you remember anything about me at all? I guess that's flattering. Um, it was at the time there was some little baby like a baby doll that you could uh, like if you wanted to be a mother or a father you could have there was a doll that you could buy that would like cry and you had to change it I remember that yeah and it was called Baby Think It Over. Sure. So you could think about whether you want to be a parent or not, oh, like well, a little baby. Wow, that's and weird. I was, and so I had a joke that I was like, I, th- you know, was like, there's a baby, a, a baby nut <laughs> that you can buy, and blah, blah blah blah, and it's called Baby Think It Over. I was like, I think there should be a boyfriend simulator. <laughs> comes that's with not the, bad. Comes with the guitar <laughs> and like what it was, it was like comes with the guitar and no job, and I'd called Baby. I think it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer Anthony's hey. <laughs> so that's amazing. I, I, that may have been my closer. <laughs> uh, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, I think she break that out on the road. Yeah, <laughs> she would be work fine. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. through that, I, I, uh, they, they, he was like, okay, you're gonna perform tomorrow night for the class graduation show, which I hadn't calculated, and I was working at Kinko's at the time. Okay. That was my job at the Kinko's in the computer department. Uh, wow. So I called in sick to my Kinko's job, okay. and I did my first little stint on stage, which was. You know, slightly terrible and slightly fine. It was an amateur. It was a true amateur show. Yeah. Uh, but how amazing Vancouver, you know, th- what now, almost 20 years ago, people just came. Like, they were excited to sure. go to an amateur night. The place was packed. Like, you, people invited people. It is It is weird, man. It's like, you know, sometimes on the phone, people will call, you know, the club and whatever here and stuff, and I'll be like, they'll be like, hey, we want to do the 730 show. And I'm like, hey, well, you know, that's a new talent show. You yeah. might want to come to the house pro show. And they're like, no, we want to come to the new talent. And yeah. I was like, do you really? And I'll like, I'll spend like three minutes going, no, no, no. You want to come to this <laughs> other show because I got Giannis Pappas. I got, they're like, nah, we want to see that. You know, uh, once in a while, there are those people that want to see it from the ground up. Like yeah. they want to see this raw version of comedy. Which is awesome. Yeah. We need those people. We do. 
Yeah. Because when comedy started, like, you know, late 60s, 70s, it's like, you know, those when there was like 13 comics working, you know, and it's like. Can you imagine what it would be like to do comedy where everything hasn't been told yet? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> like yeah, every Carlin, premise. Yeah. Carlin <laughs> hasn't had an HBO special yet. <laughs> yeah, like you're exactly. just like, <laughs> this is like everything's open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And where you could just get up and do 30 minutes or something at right, a, right. an a improv uptown. And yeah, like, because there was just nobody else around. It was you and Brenner. So you're like, <laughs> you're like okay, there's nobody left. Brenner just did an hour and 15. So I guess you can go next. So yeah, no, absolutely. Is there a check spot? What are you talking about? <laughs> check spot. What's that? Yeah, yeah. We don't do that to our audience. Yeah, we, we fuck our audiences later in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we ruin this craft much later. Yeah, the yeah. industry will take a plummet. Yeah. And then you'll see what it's like we to really do force it. Force people to drink. We get yeah, it's all that'll happen. That is that is interesting. Well, it's funny because I'll watch, you know, shows like I'm dying up here and stuff and uh but yeah, it's I, I do get jealous. I feel sure. like I wish I had started, like when we were talking about Kennison. Like to me, that's like a time, right? You know, just like it was just electric. You know, yeah. There's the boom, as they call it. You know. Well, and now we're sort of heading this thing because then there, I feel like just within my tenure of doing comedy, there there's been lots of different trends, and yeah. one of the more recent ones was, was is I think it's over actually shock. Like the idea of shock comedy, yeah. or at least like I'm still holding on to it. Really, yeah. just like and really, well, it's like it's like I'm the, holding on to it. Yeah, it's right. It's the number one comedy premise, like taking yeah. a left turn, but now taking a left turn for the purpose of like getting a rise out or saying something inappropriate. Also, building well, into the idea of yeah. like, oh, you the comic should be saying the things that people are thinking, but they don't have the guts to say. But sure. now we're walking to new thing about like, don't say those. <laughs> Well, I would. I mean, you mentioned before that you worked with Jesselneck, yeah, uh, Anthony Jesselneck, yeah. who is one of my favorites. I because that's it, fantastic. I just really love, like, I love it that he's still telling jokes, and and in a world of people that are trying to do what other people are doing, like he's kind of doing this his own thing, and I do love his his left turns and stuff. They're so funny. Oh yeah, I was actually they're just ridiculous. They're just. Ri <laughs> I was just thinking about like one of his. It's some, uh, like way early joke now. Uh, but just how simple and perfect it was where, he, you know, he kind of paces on stage like a prowling lion. Oh, that's great. Uh, and he just uh, was like, uh, I'm, looking for my I'm still looking for my girlfriend's killer, but nobody wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, he's perfect. Yeah, so and he's handsome. I hate this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's really nice. He's really stuff. nice. He's, and he's a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just everything. Touring with him was awesome. Oh it was yeah, so fun. Touring was nice and fun. Oh, yeah. was, we had the, I had the yeah. greatest time with him. He's just, so cool. Like yeah. I remember at the cellar, we, he was so, when I was first getting in there, he was so like friendly to me, and where everybody else was trying to like make it a roast battle. Like he was just you know yeah. encouraging and stuff. Yeah, so, and, yeah. And he works. He works at it. He doesn't you know. He really sits down and writes, and oh, you know he yeah. puts he puts uh, all yeah, the, all the no. elbow grace into it. I'm 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 yeah I'm excited about his new special. I think he's working on it and stuff. So uh, I know he's touring for that. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about this. I mean, how the hell did you end up on NPR? Like, how did this? <laughs> <laughs> how does this happen? Like, you just <laughs> well, okay. I mean, like the the logistical answer to that is. I auditioned. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, but the way I got the audition because I I, I don't know if you've had auditions like this, but I any time like I ten auditions. <laughs> so. Me, me too. <laughs> okay. And the only reason I got this audition is because the audio engineer that they used for some prior pilot version of the 
trivia show. It's a trivia show, in case you don't know. Okay. I, I host a trivia show. It's fantastic, uh, though. Uh, it was stars. It's, it's hilarious. I've seen it live. It's fantastic. That's very sweet. Don't Thank sell you. it short. It's great. Um, so <laughs> they, they did a pilot version of it, and they weren't totally sure about it, so yeah. they went to audition, and their audio engineer said, you should see Ophira. Beca- and I knew him because he was the audio engineer at the time for The Moth, which is a storytelling mm, yes. um, show and series and podcast and radio yeah. show that I've been lucky to be part of. So that's how I got an audition. Okay. And, you know, it's like you hear that little thing where it's like, don't ever um, discount who you work with that mm. might like you yes, and who might be able to always, put in a recommendation. I always tell comics, tip the bartender. He'll be booking it in a month. Like, <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> fact like, that an audio engineer led yeah. to the reason I could pay a mortgage Wow, yeah, is unbelievable. That's great. I mean, it, not, not pay a mortgage well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What but do you, what do you make me feel shit about it. myself? <laughs> My little but story of I rental. I just be super... <laughs> I'm not going to be like <laughs> devastatingly yeah. in debt, just super in debt. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah. So, and I, I, uh, I will say that I, I got the sides for it, whatever. I got the text for it. Uh, and I, I memorized them. It's the only time I've ever done that in my life because you're not even supposed to do that for auditions. Memorize the text. Okay. Because why would, you know, it's sort of this mentality. If you like, you're not supposed to put you that much stuff. into yeah. it because then you're sort of defeating the purpose. Anyways, okay. I was like, nope. I'm memorizing it. So I basically walked into this audition and just said all the words, but now I had them in my own voice. And uh, they did not know that that would never happen again. Oh, you need to do this once. <laughs> yeah, so, so the only lay trick it down I got. once. Yeah. Um, but once. yeah, but I, but I got it. And it is a very specific kind of <laughs> skill set to host a show like yeah. that because there's a lot of banter and off the cuff stuff which sort of gets yeah. into like dealing with crowds and yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing over time and then there's the interview thing that's a new skill for me but I really like it you obviously like yeah. interviewing sure. right that's like kind of fun and it's, yeah, it's definitely it's a tougher nut to crack for me yeah it's yeah no it's great it's funny I just one quick little thing you were yeah. saying about never happening again I was <laughs> I was watching this documentary called Hired Guns and it's about these rock and roll guys and then there was a, the drummer for John Mellencamp with uh, Jack and Diane he says I he's like I did that that drum solo once and everybody flipped out and I could never really do it again <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I could never really master that again I just did it once and it was this thing like that's amazing he's like thank God record was on yeah right because <laughs> sometimes like, that happens yeah he said I can't do it live like that like this whole thing it was really funny that very um oh, is that screaming jay hawkins recording of i put a spell on you that so many people love and say is like one of the greatest uh, ver- like song of all yeah. time yeah. that supposedly was recorded live and right before it happened his wife walked in and like something had happened and she threw the keys and her ring at him oh wow and then he started playing that song and there's all this screaming and i mean he is screaming jay but uh, there's all this emotion within it supposedly based really really, screaming and it just (laughs) happened to be that someone press record Ah, and capture like one of the That's what it's recordings. about, yeah. everybody. Always have your <laughs> iPhone on in the back. Press goddamn yeah. record. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I guess it's sort of it's sort of funny doing the NPR job because for years and years in comedy, and I still think I get told this a little bit. 
uh, is that it was supposed to be a compliment, kind of, but people would be like, yeah, I like having you on the show when I know I have, like, the smart downtown crowd, and or whatever. There was all these, yeah. like, little weird adjectives that I was like, is that slightly insulting? Or there was, there's so many ways in Who comedy. gives a shit? I saw you, like, playing around with Bruce Campbell and Lucy Lawless. Like, you have best. such a life. Like, it, yeah, screw who, that whoever that best. guy is. That was a great show. But anyways, there's, so a lot of, there's a lot of mean ways to tell you that you sound smart in comedy. <laughs> Well, how do, how do you deal with that, like, weird, I mean, negativity all the time? Because it's like comedy is the greatest thing in the world, literally, to do yeah. and to be able, I feel blessed no matter at what level, yes. what, what shitty basement, whatever, chuckle hut, it doesn't matter. To be able to get up and make even a little bit of money, even just to get food sometimes. It's already, you're already the 1%. Yes, I believe you're that. You're the 1%. I do you believe are. that. Yeah, if you or just do it for free even. Laurie Kilmartin yeah. every once in a while posts on uh, mm. Twitter something like, hey, everybody who's got a paid spot tonight, congratulations. Like, <laughs> exactly. you made it. Especially in L.A., yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's and huge. it's a good reminder yeah. of just like, oh, yeah, don't ne I never take it for granted either. Yeah. I never take it for granted. I mean, since obviously we get upset and you get weird and you're like, how'd that guy get that? And, you know, that kind sure. of thing. But You always want more. Sure. It'd and be, that's... It would be like, you know, we're ambitious. Yeah. And that's you why wanna... we live here. That's why we're doing any of yeah. this. That's why we, like, go through the MTA and all the <laughs> shit that we got to go through just yeah. to, you know, just to survive this. But how? What are ways that you uh, like deal with the negativity some, besides drugs I, and alcohol? Like yeah, what else do you do? No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I, I well, sometimes I just fall prey to it. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> the the only kind of self talk I give myself, um, or the only one that has ever worked before I get on stage, if I'm nervous or you know just not in the place of of strength and positivity. Yeah, I really am like. Fuck those people. Okay. Fuck all these people in the okay. audience. I'm getting up there, and I kind of do, this is my story. This is who I am. I don't know what to do about it. Okay? <laughs> this is all I've got. Okay. So if you don't like it, there's nothing I can do about it. Okay. But if you do like it, all right, so maybe we've got something happening. So you bring that emotion <laughs> to it, and then it just kind of yeah. puts you there. Yeah, I, I kind of have to put myself, like, because I, I think for years right before I went on stage, I would go through this, like, Oh, I should have spent more time on this. Why didn't I write jokes about mm. golf? Why don't I have 20 yeah. minutes on, you know, whatever, blah, blah, You should blah. have at least one golf joke. I know. Yeah. I, that, <laughs> uh, you need one golf joke, something about the weather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you have, like, any, this, this could try it, but I think it's funny. Do you have any, like, lucky charm Lucky things? charm. <laughs> so nobody... <laughs> some people do have lucky charms. Yeah. I mean, like some, things that they some carry. people say that uh, they have a pen or a book or a thing. Yeah. All I have, I didn't even notice I had it. I found in a bag. I was like, oh, I've been carrying this with me for five years. After a show I did in Washington, D.C. that was not particularly good. Mm. But I, at the time, I was doing a Harry Potter joke. It was about okay. my husband being obsessed with Harry Potter. And there was a woman in the crowd who was a knitter, by the way my demographic <laughs> and she had a a very ornate wooden um knitting needle kind of oh. looks somewhere between a drum kind of looks like a drumstick a little uh -huh. bit but with some carvings and she said to me well i don't have a magic wand but i do have this and she gave it to me okay a wow. weird ornate knitting needle wow. given to me after a show that was fucking horrible matter of fact you didn't I, pick you know on her in the crowd you know did you? i'm gonna i'm gonna tell <laughs> that I'm gonna might tell, be some cursed i'm gonna tell <laughs> the uh i should just own up to the true story behind this okay please do the true story behind this is that and and just as a um spoiler it all worked out spoiler is it all worked out 
Um, right before I got on stage for the show in D.C., I got a call from my doctor saying that uh, they found breast cancer. Oof. And then I told that to the people I was working with, and they're like, show starts in 20 minutes. Oof. Wow. And so with that in my head... I went on stage and I did not have my Tignataro moment, uh, but I was actually not doing pure stand-up. I was doing a little bit of stand-up, but I was doing the Ask Me Another show, so that required me to a whole different thing. And it was not. It was not a good show. Yeah, I was just a mess. Sure. And but I did a bunch of Harry Potter jokes, <laughs> and then this woman gave me this knitting needle <sighs> as a magic wand, like a Harry Potter magic wand, which you know, th- that's a little. It's not, this is not my sensibility to be like a magic wand, but I took it from her. What an odd thing to receive. I put it in my bag and I just see it all the time and not think much of it, but it never has left my bag. (laughs) So there you go. And the breast cancer thing? The breast cancer thing. You know, I had surgery, (laughs) I had radiation, (laughs) I went through treatment. I uh, lost my mind, put myself back together, lost it again, put myself back together, lost it again, put myself together, and here we are. But you got through it. Got through it. Let's just hope. Cancer let's free. Hope, let's hope we, yeah. Uh, you well. know what? I, I want to say that, but no one ever says that anymore. Oh, I mean, you, you can say, say it. Right? I don't want But the medical I mean, industry. you have a wand, so I can't jinx I it. have a wand. Yeah. The so. medical <laughs> industry, I don't think, wants to say it because that's oh, yeah. probably like liability. <laughs> <laughs> Such a litigious <laughs> society. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. Don't be positive. Yeah. You're just yeah. fine today. Yeah. Nothing's so free <laughs> in the medical business. Uh, wow. Well, they're in the business to make sure you're sick. That's amazing. Um, um, so, yeah, that yeah. was the. I, as I started telling a story, I was like, why am I leaving out basically the entire story? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love I love any story for me. If I can get any little glimpse of the story, and I I and I mean this with all my heart. I really you're one of the you know like top people I love to watch, like oh. because it's just and you know me, I've seen everybody, and it's really you are fucking likable so much. But even beyond that, it's easy to fake likability. Sure, but you tell a story in a way that uh, holds the crowd. And it's something that I'm struggling with, where I have these amazing life experiences. So, but sometimes it's hard to get them into a form of story that that allows Especially me. Especially for a stand-up stage. Yeah, and for yep. a time, and like yep. I've done some storytelling things, and it's like you know, and I've done okay with it, but I still feel it's something you know, the one-man show and all that stuff, you know, is always circulating in my head that I need to do. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, it's definitely um, it's not easy. No, but and you know, leave yourself out there like that. It's it's uh, I have I feel like I have a lot of stories too that I cannot figure out how to translate particular to the stand up stage because yeah. one thing that the stand up stage needs a storytelling show when you tell a story can ha- requires an ending, of yeah. course. Sure. But in the stand up show, it requires the biggest joke of the entire story. Yeah. And that is very difficult. Yeah. Like that's not easy unless it's obvious. Like it's an action, like and or or a surprise or whatever that just happened in the stories. Like, and yeah. it turns out it was my father or whatever. Yeah. Then you know you have Starfield. to you, yeah. you right you have to write <laughs> that you have to write that final be- beat. Yeah, and that that's a totally different. Um, um, that's well, a, just a, a tall task. Yeah, because sometimes life needs to write that beat. Life needs to write that beat. <laughs> so, You're right. Because when you fake it, you know that sometimes that's what ruins the story. You know, yeah. you got to like find that real moment. But uh, no, I, you know, I appreciate what you do and thank you for doing this. And, you know, I, a lot of the listeners, you know, all 62 of them. uh, Hi. (laughs) 
63. <laughs> we just hit 63. Probably bing, bing, dabble, bing, bing. probably dabble in stand up. So, you know, I like to I like to, you know, ask the question if you did start over yeah. and you could <laughs> talk to a yeah, young, right. I fear, you know, starting out yeah. in Canada or whatever, what what are some you know, things that you might kind of give advice to, you know, what would you I say? I mean, I just say the number one thing, if you, it requires you have a life that supports this, which is not always easy, yeah. is if you can, like, in the beginning, get up five times in a week, you're just going to, at least. Yeah. If you can get up more, great. But yeah. I feel like you need, like, in the beginning, at least five times a week, yeah. you're just going to get better faster. Did you, like, work at a club or anything? Or? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I was the person that... When I once I bought in yeah. to the whole thing, when I was not working in the club, I was at the club. Okay. Like I was just always there. Did you do stuff like answer the phones or anything like that? I never answered the phones. No, I would sit and smoke and watch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm cleaning the toilets <laughs> and like cooking mozzarella sticks for no. five minutes. She's smoking I, cloves in the corner <laughs> with, with her bangs. Yeah, no, yeah. I, with her bangs. It's pre bangs. Okay, yeah. it was pre bangs. Oh, okay. But that's I do. I can't smoke in a bangs. We'll go on fire. Uh, but no, I, I always, uh, my jobs were always during the day because my skill set yeah. was always office assistant or whatever. So I'd work yeah. all day in my day job and then at night I'd go to the clubs yeah. and also, you know, depending on where I was, Vancouver and then later Toronto, so- sometimes you would be lucky. Like sometimes I'd be booked and that would be great. Yeah. And sometimes you'd be lucky that they needed someone. Yeah. No, that's great. And they would look around for everyone twice over and then go, <sighs> Fira. All right, here comes some, here's a lady coming to the yeah, stage. Exactly. Everybody get ready for something different. It's a lady. But I, I do, the, right, there is, sure, you can sit there and write brilliant jokes in your home and, and uh, spend four hours at a Starbucks-related, uh, like, like venue every day writing brilliant material. But stand-up is all about getting on that stage and performing it. Yeah. And the only, I, I truly believe in just like the most simple thing about it, which is there is no rehearsal you got to do it and failing makes failing. you better it just and the, yeah and for me the accumulation of doing it there was a point where i finally got stop being scared of what the audience's response God, was I'm still working on that As, yeah. i mean <laughs> it's baby steps yeah. but i know the point where it yeah. just turned a little so yeah. i could actually listen to them and okay. allow that to be like okay no this actually isn't working so we got to like be honest about that. And this actually is working so we can, you know, but yeah. you uh, for a long time, I just didn't, I was like almost l- uh, like yeah. um, steamrolling over sure. the audience. I still do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I my, do that. I mean, all uh, of my bad tendencies that I've ever yeah. had come back. Every bad set is exactly that. Steamrolling over them. I steamroll. Not connecting slow, you know, just ignoring their energy. Yep. And, and, you know, and I. T- concentrating I on comics in the back or whatever, you know. Talking the super bullshit. fast, not giving yeah. it any breath. Yep. Well, this is great. Um, <laughs> it was great to see with you. Last time I saw you, um, I think I... Uh, you won. I, yeah, I destroyed you, you at the Wally Cup. You did. destroyed <laughs> me. Destroyed me. It was great, though. It was I'm so kidding. enjoyable. Was so, you were great. You were so fun. And, uh, yeah, we did a, a contest. It wasn't even a contest. I don't know fake what that contest, is. It's a fake it contest. It was a very fun It's fun, fun show. though. It's fantastic. The yeah. Wally Cup at Gotham, if you get a chance, definitely yeah, so check it fun. out. so fun. It's a lot of fun, Wally Collins. Do you want to uh, plug anything? Any plug anything? Yeah. Uh, Social media sure. shows? Sure. Yeah, what do you got? Um, upcoming shows, stuff all the time, OphiraEisenberg.com. Spell it how you like. 
<laughs> uh, you can follow me at Ophira E on it, pretty much everything. Cool. And um, Ask Me Another. That's the name of the show if you want to hear some nerdy trivia. It's fantastic. Such a great show. Thank you so much Thank you. for Thank being you, here. Dustin. This was so cool and a lot of fun. I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. Good night. Good day. Whatever. Bye. Yay. <laughs> Good day. Night. Night. Day, Wait, night. We don't know. Get out of here. <laughs>